After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. All right, plenty of you on the line. All the lines are lit right now. We'll get to the calls here. I'm not going to pontificate like my partner does. I'm going to let you talk. I like that. I talked a lot yesterday. Did a three-hour show and then did a three-hour, nine-minute football game. I'm going to tell you what. You do a college football game, it goes three hours and nine minutes. It doesn't involve a service academy right now. That was awesome yesterday in Annapolis at the Military Bowl. A couple of NFL notes before we take your calls. Russell Wilson, after the fact, says, wish I played better for Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. That a boy, Russ. And, and, and look, Russell Wilson might be great forever the next head coach is in Denver. None of us know really what went on. This was more than a Russell Wilson deal. This was a whole team deal in Denver. Again, sometimes, though, guys get elevated to top leadership, can't handle it. It was clear Nathaniel Hackett was over his head, unfortunately. Not that it doesn't mean he won't get another chance. I mean, hell, Josh McDaniels got another chance, and guess what? He stinks too. He's just not that good. Great coordinator? Yeah. When you have Tom Brady, fantastic. Life is great when you have Tom Brady. If I was sitting in a studio with the four junkies doing a show, <laughs> I'd be rich. <laughs> of course, I did that as an update guy for seven years. It was the best seven years of my life. You know, J.J. Watt talking about, you know, his career said the, you know, the, the the heart issue that he had, you know, certainly, you know, brought a lot of things into perspective for him. It was one of the reasons why he's walking away from a game that he could clearly keep playing right now. But he wants to walk away with as good a health as possible. I mean, the sport of football really doesn't allow you to walk away 100%. But he's walking away at a time when everything is is still good with him. Aaron Rodgers didn't practice yesterday. Expected to practice today, though, for Green Bay. Remember, the Packers are one of the three teams you're watching this weekend. Losses by the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Packers, and a Washington victory over Cleveland knocks them out. So that's what you're hoping for uh, this week. Tyler Lockett, one of those players in that game for Seattle with a hand injury. It looks like he's got a chance to play now versus the Jets. Because if you're Seattle, it's all hands on deck. you got to come to the table with everybody here. Your playoff lives are, are at stake this week. And it looks like Mike White is likely to be back for the Jets. They played better with him at quarterback. He's got a pair of seven and eights going at it there in Seattle where the loser uh, really in a bad spot for the playoffs. 301-230-0980. Back to the phones we go. We go to our man Lap. What's up, Lap? Hey, hey, what's up, Pete? How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. If, if, what's up, man? Hey, good job. Is uh, you know you still got some some li- uh, things on your bucket list, man, to do. I think you need to be covering the uh, Commanders and the Wizards play by play, man. And I'm still trying to get you in the draft room, man, on draft <laughs> night, man, with the, with the Commanders. So 
So I'll be, you, I'll you be, hey, I'll be, believe me, I'll be glad, this, I'll be glad to be right here on draft night. I'll be, I'll be perfectly happy to be right here uh, talking draft with you guys uh, as the NFL draft yeah. comes along. I really enjoy it. It's one of my favorite passions um, and, and can't wait for that because I think the commanders are going to be an interesting uh, team to watch with certain needs, but free yeah. agency first, and then we'll worry about the draft second. Definitely, definitely. Man, um, this is a must-win, man. It don't matter with Seattle and all that. I mean, that's an added bonus, of course. Uh, I know they have been losing of lately some of those teams, you know, here and there. Um, so we're in a great position, man. We got to win. And um, Carson Wentz is an idiot if he don't see this moment because you see what ha- happened to him last year, and you get an opportunity to rewrite this ship, write your story, man. And uh, come out and play. Ron, if he does not make the playoffs, which we've had a legitimate chance in the last three years to make the playoffs every year. Um, The way he messed up last year and fell apart, I don't want that to happen again this year. So we'll see. But uh, if he doesn't, man, he's gone. Scott Turner, gone. Wentz, gone. Um, I like Heineke. Uh, My only knock on Heineke is just the turnovers. And you play with heart and passion. He's really good, but you got to – if you don't want them to view you as a backup, you got to steal the job. And I think what lost it for him was those Giants games. I was so disgusted about the way we lost those two Giants games. Those were big for us. And I think if he would have won those games or, or was a part of that to win it and not had those critical turnovers or even that first one, you know, you had a chance to run – and uh, get us in closer in field goal range or get a first down or whatever and some opportunities. But if you're the one knows, man, it'd been a different story because now you put a tough, you know, situation for Ron to make a decision, even consider to go back to Carson Wentz. Um, but now we got him, so we got to see, man. But let's win. We got too much talent on this team, offensive and defensively, uh, not to uh, make something happen, man. And I haven't been excited about a team like this in a while where you got skilled players. Um, on both sides of the field. So we'll see, man. But let's get this win, man, and, and go from there. Lap, appreciate it. I think it's a very perceptive point. It's just like the it's just like the the challenger in a boxing match. You have to literally go out there and kick the champion's ass to convince the judges and convince everyone at ringside that you won the fight. You can't leave it to the judges as we've seen. Oh, judge Dalby Shirley has it 115-115. No, okay? They're going to do everything they can to save the champion. But if you go out there and dominate them, okay, leave no doubt. And I do believe Lap is correct about the two giant games. Granted, Heineke's heroics on fourth down to salvage the tie. And how huge does the tie look right now? With the three teams chasing you from behind here. Okay? That tie is gigantic. But leaving W's on the on the field against the Giants in two games definitely believe played a role. Roberto 980. What's up, big fella? Roberto is talking to other people. We'll put him back on hold. Our man Mark's in Landover Hills. What's up, Mark? Good morning. Good morning, Pete. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, buddy. Same you and the roost. Appreciate you, pal. Hey, man, just getting back to you about the Tell Taylor Heineke and Skins debacle. And I told you and Rooster last, last time I called you, I've been busy, Pete. I haven't been able to listen, but 
man, it's a defense. It's man. They, it, they, let me tell you. Yes, the offense his tail is on the line, but you better believe it. One thing, brother, that Jack Del Rio and his band of merry men are are going to be under scrutiny in this game because they are the force that has got to play better. Because I like I told you and Chris the other day, man. They've been on a slide since a little bit before, heck, probably the Atlanta game, man. But I noticed that Chris, I think you and Chris agreed with me, man. And, hey, man, they better tighten it up or they're going to be setting home, buddy. We're going to, they, we ain't going to be watching them in the postseason. No doubt, my friend. No doubt. We don't want to be doing that. Look, look, they've, they've, they've gotten us close. They've thrown that chum out there. See, McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, Robinson, Payne, Allen, that's the chum, okay? They've thrown that chum out there. It's a lot of good football players. Been a while since we've had this many good football players on this team in this city to watch week after week, okay? So they've thrown that chum out there for us. And a lot more of us are now saying, that chum is good. I'm going to get me some more. And all of a sudden, you bite yourself and you get hooked, okay? That's what they're trying to get you to do. Right now, you're fighting it. You know, you're fighting it because of business reasons. But a lot of us have gone back. Like I said, I sat in the stands for a game this year. I pretty much had written that off, okay? But I'm a football connoisseur. I I love to consume the game, okay? You see more things in person than you do watching it on TV. You see more things even than watching the All-22, okay? You see a lot more things in person. The subtleties, the routes where people are open, you know, the ankles that are broken by offensive players against defenders and throws that are missed, missing those players, protections that are missed. Why does a guy get beat on a play? You know, did he slip? Did he fall? Those little things. I mean, it's easy to give up a sack when you slip, when you fall, you know, when you, a guy makes a great move on you. Sometimes that happens. You see a lot of that when you're in person at the game. You understand the concepts better of what the offense or defense was trying to do. So, you know, I bit the bullet. I went back and, you know, I thought I was never going to do that. Certainly I'd go to the press box if, you know, like last year we were out there, you know, for Monday night football and all that other stuff, you know, my job made me go there, but even I went back. Okay. As much as that team, two teams North of here are pulling at me to come be part of their fan base. Ironically, great rivals, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, just reaching out. Guerrero, come root for us. Why? Because I love Mike Tomlin. Okay, Mike Tomlin's my favorite National Football League coach. Not even close. I love Mike Tomlin. Even Mike is struggling a little bit right now. Steeler fans are getting after him a little bit because they're not seeing the same success they saw consistently earlier in the Tomlin regime. Of course, replacing Ben Roethlisberger will put you in that position. Letting Ben Roethlisberger linger much longer than he should have at quarterback will put you in that position. That's part of NFL life, though. When you've got a legend at that spot, it's hard to tell that legend to walk away. Physically, you're not the same guy. You can't do this for us anymore. But now that that contract's off the books, you know, that rebuild is starting to look better there. Showed a lot of guts this week. Pick it and pickings. Pick it to pickings. You know, my guy Bill Hillgrove is going to be saying a lot of it. Pick it to pickings for a touchdown. Pittsburgh. Pickett the Pickens in Pittsburgh. How about that? How about that? Pickett the Pickens in Pittsburgh. Picked pickled peppers and everybody was happy. Woo! 
Right on. Let's go to AP. What's up, AP? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing, buddy? Hey, so check it out. Before I, before I tap in and say what I got to say, shout out to Sabah, man. You sure she wasn't a defense attorney before she became a doctor? Because, <laughs> man, look, I'm going to tell you, dude, don't nobody campaign. I've been listening to her for quite some time. Doesn't don't nobody campaign harder than her when it comes to Taylor Heineke. It's Jay unbelievable, Len- man. Jen Leno, look, you talking about get a Jen Leno, get a get a Sabah, <laughs> get a Doctor Sabah, because I'm telling you, she part time defense attorney. But and you know, I was torn as far as who should be the starter because it's like each quarterback gives you something good, but they also give you something bad. And it's like Taylor, he gives you the mobility, which I haven't really seen. I mean, as far as scrambling in the pocket, buying you some more time in the pocket, you know, scramble drills. He gives you all, he gives you all that. He gives you the Willie Beeman. You know, Willie Beeman from uh, any given Sunday. He gives yep. you that all day. <laughs> now, Wentz, he gives you the arm strength, you know, the long balls. Yeah, I get it. But he's a statue back there. So, hopefully, Scott Turner – draws up some plays for this guy to where he's getting that ball out quickly out of his hands, some drag routes, some slants, something, some hitch routes. Because when we are talking about those slow developing plays, Carson Wentz will be a sitting duck back there. And one other thing, you're talking about you ain't going to leave. Man, if Saskatchewan call you up, you out the door. (laughs) Yeah, I probably would. Uh, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, I mean, Edmonton. Edmonton's been my favorite CFL team since I was a kid. But they are going through some lean times like the Commanders did. Last couple of years, my football rooting interests have had some tough times. You know, my mids only won four games this year. Edmonton stinks. You know, by the way, you want a quarterback? Nathan Rourke. He's been getting a lot of NFL workouts over the last month. He was awesome for British Columbia uh, this past season. And the NFL noticed he's worked out with a bunch of teams. I know the Vikings had him in for a workout. A couple of other clubs here of late. So that's a good, that's a name to keep an eye on in the offseason if he ends up in an NFL camp. And, heck, if he ends up on a team, uh, don't don't say I didn't tell you so with that uh, scouting acumen. AP, appreciate it. I think, look, his that, that might be the greatest evaluation of Sabah we've ever seen, Matt. Part-time defense attorney. A woman of many hats. Yes. But you know what, though? That's kind of like that, though. Doctors, lawyers, they kind of run in the same circles. Very academic. Great line from Mike Leach. Told his wife, the great late Mike Leach. I told I told Russell this the other day. He's a lawyer by trade. Didn't take the bar exam, though, because he told his wife. He gave her a choice. He goes, I can come home miserable every day and make a lot of money. Or I can be happy coming home every day and maybe not make quite as much money. And she said, no, I want you to come home happy. Now, Mike ultimately did do so well as a coach that he did make a lot of money. So not only did he get to come home happy, but he made a lot of money. So lawyer work is tough, man. Somebody's got to go. Here's where being a lawyer is tough. Somebody's got to go defend the dude that just threw like 15 bullets at five people and hit them all. Okay. Somebody's got to go represent that person in court. How do you do that? 
How do you try to convince 12 people and a judge? Oh, my, my client's not guilty, Your Honor. Well, we've got pictures of him. Uh, we've got pictures of him on camera. We've got 10 witnesses that said he fired the gun. Well, you know, uh, my, my, my client says he was in Saskatchewan on that date. You know? I mean, somebody's got to argue that. But I will say this. I bet you Sabah would argue that. She would do a great job. She'd have been great as a character attorney on Law & Order. You know, arguing against the stars of the show, the attorneys and stuff like that. She'd have been fabulous in that role, just like I would have. I want to come back before Victor Newman retires, before Eric Braden retires on The Young and the Restless. I want to I want to be a I want to make an appearance on the show as Victor's long lost kid he didn't know about from a business trip to Shanghai or something. Do a guest show or appearance? Yes, absolutely. We'll have to talk to Alan to try and get that set up. I mean, because Eric Braden, who follows me on Twitter, by the way, Victor Newman, my favorite, my favorite non-sports television show. I got two of them, Gold Rush, Young and the Restless. Otherwise, I don't watch much TV that doesn't have to do with sports. Those are my two go-tos, you know, and, and my wife, you know, wants to kick my ass and she rolls up and she goes, uh, Pete, there's 31 Gold Rushes on the DVR. What are we doing with these? You know, I'm like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch them all. Even though a lot of them that they're putting up because DirecTV's on-demand sends them out there. It's season 12, even though they're in season 13 right now. Shout-out to my guy, Christo Doyle, who does a great job with the dirt. Just did some stuff with my man, Tony Beats. You know, guy came over from a foreign country, ends up being one of the greatest gold miners of all time. He's rich, filthy rich. Um, but, you know, that's, that's where, you know, you get into that defense attorney role that AP is talking about. There's no doubt Sabah would argue her case, and she makes a good one each and every day, and it's always with something different with Taylor Heineke. Let's go to Charlie in College Park. What's up, Charlie? Good morning, Pete. How you doing, buddy? Uh, where shall I begin? You know, the problem with you, Pete, and Brian Mitchell and Doc Walker is you know what you're talking about. I wish Sabah would go on Law & Order. <laughs> uh, she doesn't know football. I thought you were very diplomatic, very very gentle with her, calling her perceptive and very... I'm sorry, I have to disagree with you. I've been listening for several years in Sabah's. She doesn't get it. She doesn't know football. Um, she doesn't know why Taylor Heineke was not picked to be the starter. What they did to him, what they did to him. Oh, my God, Sabah. Just listen for a while. Uh, I'm sorry the Navy coach is gone. Uh, I thought he did a good job. I couldn't believe he ran that triple option to death and, and, and gained so many yards. Um, the Giant game, the second Giant game, if Washington doesn't make the playoffs, they're going to look back, watch that film over and over, and the coaches should be looking right at themselves because that's what caused that game. I mean, Heineke has the turnovers. He's so inconsistent. But the plays that were called for him and the pass blocking in that game, especially against Thibodeau, um, everybody gets on Carson Wentz for being a statue, and he's this and he's that. Well, the second game of the season, the Eagle game, nine sacks, the offensive line like wasn't even there. That that never gets mentioned. It's Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, and I'm not a big Carson Wentz fan. I don't think he's the answer, but Heineke's not the answer, and they're going to kick themselves about that second Giant game. That to me, depending on how the season goes from now on, that to me is the turning point of the season. Thanks, man. Charlie, appreciate it. Look, I, I think both Giant games. I think the Minnesota game where you're up ten in the fourth quarter. I, I, I talked about this yesterday. You got to close that game out. Don't let Minnesota back in the game. They have Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson on their team. Okay? They have weapons. They have Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Dalvin Cook. You didn't lock the door. Okay? 
got a lot of people get their car stolen right now. I mean, my guy, DC Real Time News Now, hell of a feed. It's depressing as hell every night, but it's a must. It is a must follow to see all the crime that's going on in the area right now. Look, an armed carjacking is one thing. Prince George's County, 425 carjackings this year. And there's three more days left. 425. Okay. But how about the car that gets stolen? It was left running in front of the 7-Eleven. Oh, of course. Come on in. Hop in. Take my car. Okay. Lock the door. Okay. You have to lock the door in the fourth quarter of a football game. You have to lock the game, fourth quarter of a basketball game. The Wizards locked the door on Phoenix. They opened it. They were up 17. Phoenix got it to one. Washington never let them come in, though. Washington never let them get the lead. And Rui said, hey, fellas, we're not losing tonight. Jump on to grade eight shoulders. Yes, that grade eight. Rui led them to victory. He shut the door. He said, fellas, I'm going to lock it up. DeLon Wright. Monte Morris, lock it up. Washington could have locked it up against Minnesota. Should have beaten Tennessee. The Detroit game, the first half of the Detroit game, will be one of the biggest debacles of the daggone season. And then both giant games. This is a football team. This is a football team that's, in, in look, they're a couple of plays away from potentially winning 10 or 11 games already with two to go. That's what frustrates you about the amount of talent on the team. And to Charlie's point, yes, there have been times where coaches are to blame. Offensive line has been to blame. Protections that have been called are to blame. Plays that have been called are to blame. Players can only go out and execute what's being asked of them because when they deviate from it, who's the first person to tell you that they're deviating from it? The coaches do. Jack Del Rio telling you, we got players that freelance out here. They don't do what we call. Okay, that's the player's fault. But when you put them in a position and ask them to do something that doesn't work either, that's your fault. Okay, that's when you have to step up. Good coaches do that. For 15 years, I watched Kenny Amatololo do that in press conferences. Yeah, it's easy to walk in the press conference when you win a football game and everybody's happy and glorious and celebrating in the locker room. But it's tough to sit there and answer those questions. I go back to what Taylor Heineke did yesterday. Same thing. You know, Kenny Amatololo said, I got to coach better. Got to prepare guys better. Taylor Heineke said, yeah, it sucks, but I'm going to support my team. Anybody can, anybody can sit there and look for a microphone when a team wins 27-7. to Hey, you need an interview over here, Scott Abraham? Hey, you know, you, you need an interview over here? All right, I'm right, I'm right here. Let me step up to the mic. But when something like that happens, that's when you find out a lot about people. We're going to find out a lot about a lot of people in this organization this weekend. Again, it's right in front of you. You control it. You control it. You control the chance to change the narrative, everything. Just like the one ESPN reporter read this morning that says Washington, you know, doesn't want to want to go looking for another quarterback next year. Okay, that's great. Play Sam Howe. You don't want to sign Wentz. Wentz is too expensive. Let let Hal and Heineke fight it out. Best man wins. Go play with them. Go play with them. Because my love for Derek Carr changed a little bit yesterday. Like I said, he better have a daggone good answer if you interview him as to what happened with the Raiders. And I know that organization, not the same as it was when the, when the old man was there, 
when Amy Trask was there, and they had a lot of good people in that organization. It's not the same. I understand that. But if I if I if I think about kicking the tires on Derek Carr next year, he better have a daggone good answer when I interview him. Cause I, I don't like what he's doing here with the Raiders. I don't care if they think you're the worst person on planet Earth. You stand there. You support your teammates. You support the 52 other guys in your locker room that you have professed to love and lead the last couple of years. You stepped up last year. You were the emotional leader. You're crying about helping these guys and getting them to the playoffs. A year later when the going gets tough, you leave camp. You walk out. You walk out. What's that? Be better than that. Be better than that. Very disappointing to see that from Derek Carr. I'd make Josh McDaniels look at my face every daggone day. And if I'm Derek Carr, I look back at him with those eyes and go, you did this, dude, not me. You can't coach a lick. I'm going to stand right next to you every single play, and I'm going to remind you of that. Great call, coach. Of course, I say that facetiously because a good leader doesn't do that either. But I'm certainly going to stand there. When Jarrett Stidham comes to the sideline, I'm going to say, hey, man, good job. You got this. Because I'm going to be a man about it. Don't like seeing Derek Carr leaving the facility. That's a guy that I would have invested some time in in the offseason, at least interviewing if he becomes available, which probably happens now with the Raiders cutting him in Las Vegas. That marriage appears to be broken. 301-230-0980. We're at the halfway point of a Thursday show. Dial it up now. You know what the topic is. You heard Sabah's passionate defense, the defense attorney, Okay. You've heard the passionate defense of Heineke. Anybody out there supporting Wentz? Bring that same passion. Anybody got that same passion for Carson Wentz as they go into this game with Cleveland this week? 301-230-0980. Streaming live for free as always on the Odyssey app. Play home here on a Thursday morning. You heard Sabah's defense of Taylor Heineke. Like a great defense attorney. Do any of you have that same passion for Carson Wentz coming up this week? I know a lot of you on Twitter have defended Ron's decision to go here with Carson Wentz. So does anybody have that, that same passion for 11 that she has for four? It's an interesting way to go about it because guess what our playoff hopes reside you know re- reside on the shoulders of, of Carson Wentz now now is it possible that you know he takes a hit goes out and Heineke comes in and becomes a hero again sure it's always possible in an NFL game always possible but that's it's only possible because Taylor's making it possible unlike a Derek Carr is leaving the building I, a guy that I, I, I thought a lot of of his, his NFL career okay and I hope the commanders, I hope the commanders, whoever the organization is running the organization after the sale, if that ever goes through, whoever's running the organization, if it's Ron or whatever next year, I hope they I hope they reward Heineke appropriately for the number two quarterback job. You know, don't say, hey, here's, you know, a million dollars or two million dollars. No, that's not going to cut it for four anymore. That guy now you know, has stood there a couple of times and been the great teammate. 
That's a guy you want in your foxhole with you. So when the starter does get hurt, he's a guy that's capable of going in and winning games. Some teams, when the backup comes in, the game is over. There's no chance. You're not winning. Heineke's at least a guy that gives you a chance to win at that spot, and your season doesn't tank when that happens. I mean, they could be sitting here, you know, 5-11 and 11 with two games to go. But you're not. You're still in the playoffs because of the work that Heineke did. He didn't kill you. You know, he actually had some big plays, went out made some things happen for you in a lot of key situations. That tie in New York, maybe the thing, ironically enough, is as pissed off as we are that they didn't win either game, the tie that he salvaged for them could end up being the biggest. That fourth down and four play could be the biggest one of the season if they make it to the postseason. I mean, it very well could be. We will look back on that and have to remember that particular play. Yeah, we're mad it ended in a tie, but if it doesn't end in a tie, you're you're in a much, much deeper hole, you know, this week with three other teams chasing you right now. So the good thing is he did snatch a tie. He didn't quit, even though he kind of struggled. Uh, you know, the Giants gifted you 10 points right away, and you got a chance to just keep hammering on him. And you don't. You let him back in. Not only did you let him back in, but they they took the lead. Minnesota closed the game out. It's been a problem for this team. It's been one of their hiccups as the season has gone along. Daryl's in Columbia. What's up, Daryl? Hey, thank you, Pete, for taking my call. Happy holidays to you. Likewise. Family. Appreciate you. <clears throat> you, know, you know, Pete, I was looking at the um, – and by the way, I'm a big supporter of Sabah uh, with Heineke. He has brought so much excitement. You know, during Wentz's time when he was quarterbacking, I, I, I've been following the team since 64. And I literally had to walk away from the television. I had to cut the game off. When Heineke came in, nail biters. Everything, I mean, winning when you didn't think he was going to win, missed the excitement, missed the clutch. But let me say this, though. Um, remove Heineke and Wentz. When I look in our division. We have the most points scored on our defense in our division. We have the less points scored on our offense in our division. I say, Pete, that it, it has to do with coaching. I think that the Giants have uh, the, uh, the number one uh, coordinators, offense and defense. I think behind them are the Eagles. I think behind them are the Cowboys. And the Washington football team with – Scott Turner and Del Rio is the reason that we're in the position that we're in because they are being outcoached. That Giants game was they they it was obvious that they were outcoached. Saquon Barkley ran off three straight running uh, running plays for 14 yards or more before Del Rio put Ridgeway in there to stop the run, and they and it ended up they ended up kicking a game-winning field goal. So to me, it comes down to coaching. If you took our offense, if you took the players on our offense right now and let O'Connell coach them in Minnesota, let Shanahan coach them, or you let Sean McVay, you would see a whole different offense. If Shanahan can do that with Purdy, we got the same offensive talent that San Francisco has. I tell you, if Shanahan, if you put uh, – if you put um, Heineke right now with the 49ers, 
unless Shanahan coach him, he would be doing the same thing that Purdy's doing. If you take the defensive coordinators, if you take the Giants defensive coordinator, if you take Dan Quinn, if you take the Eagles, our defense would be much better. We got the talent on both sides of the ball, but it's the coaching. It's subpar. It's average. And this is Ron's third year coming up at seven and nine. That's not very good. It's not very good at all. So I hate what they did to Heineke. Heineke brought us, he, he resurrected us from the dead. We were buried. He brought, he brought life to, to the state. And the players know it, but they got to seal their lips up because this is all politics. This is all about 28 million reasons why they have to start Wentz. Because, you know, they don't, they don't want pie in their face. We got to see our investment. So they're getting ready to compromise the whole season after Heineke then brought them back to this point. But it's our coaching, man. That's why we're where we are right now. Daryl, appreciate it. Daryl sounds a lot like JR from the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. There's a lot of JR in Daryl's voice. Same mannerism, same rhythm, same voice, Manny. I felt like I was having a conversation with JR. Nice and calm, too. Yeah. I'm going to give you my top six right now at midnight Eastern time. Here's my list of six guys or six players or six teams because I'm on the JR Sport Brief. That was pretty good, Daryl. You might have a career in this thing. Maybe he can have a slot on the Pete 980. There we go. He could be on at 4 a.m. How about that? Have uh, Paulie follow him? Look, if ESPN has uh, ESPN the Ocho, we could have Pete 980. I like it. An internet radio station. We could come up with something. Let's go out to L.A. Talk to our man, Steve. What's up, Steve? Good morning. Hey, uh, good morning. Um, uh, yeah, I want to talk about uh, uh, Heineke. You know, I, I, I watching all these games, you know what I feel like? I feel like he's reaching. He's trying to prove that he can throw the long ball and missing all the the reads. And I really want to hear from some experts whether or not he is actually missing reads. Because um, I think in the beginning, uh, if you look at uh, quarterbacks like Purdy, I mean, I think they're not – trying to prove they're, they're trying to be heroic you know they, they're they're trying to be efficient i, I feel like uh heineke getting away from that um my my and, challenge uh, to that hold on steve my, my challenge to that would be the quarterback is asked to execute plays that are called by the coach if the coach says i want you to throw that long ball to dotson like he did on the first drive the other day that's what the coach is asking him. Dotson wins the route. It's the right read. The throw is behind him. Dotson still makes a great adjustment on it, but he drops the ball. But my point, my point as I made it earlier, if Dotson catches that ball and goes for a touchdown, does the narrative change? Does the narrative change that they hit on that long ball? They get a touchdown. They're up early in that game. They fire the opening salvo on the road against a great defense. And you're probably in a better situation in the first half um, than you were even going to the locker room where you felt pretty good about where you were. Maybe the narrative is different. How do you know that was the play? I mean, like, because that's the route that he ran. (laughs) That's the route that they run tells you that's the play and it's the right play. Dotson's open. It's the right play. 
It's a touchdown well, if he catches that, the ball. That, well, then, then, then Heineke's not a good enough quarterback, right? That the pl- that play for those of us that do bring up the few shortcomings in his game physically that he has, mentally, emotionally, the intangibles, he's got oh. all that. You can't argue that. But no, yes, that uh, no, play, I, I, that no, play no, describes that is the type of play why Ron and Scott feel like they had to go back to Wentz. They're leaving points okay. on the field. Well, I, mean, I, I think somebody, somebody, some expert, right, needs to look at the film and tell me if uh, Heineke are missing these reads, right? I don't have the time to look at these all 22. I don't even know what that is. Well, what is all 22? But anyway, when, when we watch you know, the game the from the end zone view and we see all the routes that are run, the people that are open, the people that are open, the balls yeah. are thrown so, over, behind, or not thrown at all. Yeah, so somebody needs to grade the quarterback. Uh, on that, that's what I, I, I think. Well, that's, that's what, what Scott know, Turner and Ken about. Zampezi do every week. Well, I mean, and, and if that's the case, then um, I mean, I guess they're not telling us, right? I mean, like, I think uh, some, I, no, some, I th- uh, Steve, I think they're telling experts. you by saying we're going to Carson Wentz. That that tells you if Taylor Heineke was no, getting no. an A grade, Taylor Heineke would stay the quarterback of this football team. Okay, so that means that Taylor Heineke is not a good enough quarterback. But, you know, I want to talk also about Rivera, right? I mean, I, I, I like the last caller. I really think all roads lead back to Rivera, seriously. I mean, this guy, if you watch his uh, uh, news uh, conferences, he's always talking in cliches, right? Always talking about, oh, we can't behind, get behind the chains. Well, what does that even mean, like get behind the chains, like get more yards? Isn't that like, I mean, like something self-evident? That, isn't that obvious? We can't, we have to get more yards? I mean, he's always talking about like, oh, we can't miss opportunities. Of course, so who, who likes to miss opportunities? You know, always, oh, well, we like being in control of our destiny. Who doesn't? I mean, if, if you watch a, a news conference by uh, 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 Shanahan, he's he's actually putting thought into it. He's not just spewing out cliches. We need to get rid of Rivera. Okay. I, I have to qualify this. I think he's a nice guy. I mean, I'm talking about him as a coach, right? Sure. I mean, his track record. I understand. I mean, look, the track the record. is hey, 50-50. Steve, his track record is what it is. lifetime record. Right. Why do we want a 50-50 uh, uh, head coach being the coach and the GM? I mean, uh, that's a valid point. I mean, uh, that that is what it is. Steve, appreciate the call. Good thoughts. And, and the last one is maybe the most cogent one you made is – Coaches know this is a results-oriented business. It's wins, it's losses. It's not about how much effort you put into it because they all put effort into it. Nathaniel Hackett put a lot of effort into it in Denver. He just didn't get the results. I mean, Ron's put a hell of a lot of effort into it. Oh, by the way, beating cancer at the same time. Here, we need you to take over one of the most chaotic franchises in the NFL. Oh, by the way, here's cancer too. Go whip its ass. Ron's not the first coach to talk in cliches. They all do it for the most part, though – I talked about Tomlin the other night. Again, I I circle back to Mike Tomlin. Direct, concise, thoughtful. Guy tries to offer up a softball question. Mike says, no, we're not not even remotely close to being in that group that you're referencing here. No, we're not. He he doesn't take the softball and run with it. No, that's not who Mike Tomlin is. Okay, that's not who Mike Tomlin is. That's what I love about him. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things I love about Nick Saban. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people get tired of hearing from Nick Saban because we hear from him a lot because he wins a lot of games, okay? But if you listen a lot to what Nick Saban does, if, my, if, if, 
you know, my daughter could play football. I would send her to play for Nick Saban 100 times out of 100 if the opportunity presented itself. Because that's a coach that's going to make my kid a better person. It's not going to allow them to accept mediocrity. That's what you want out of a coach. Been blessed to listen to a great coach for the last 15 years, have amazing conversations with him about not only about players, about football, but about life. I got a lot of coaches in the coaching profession that have come through the Naval Academy and I'm blessed to be friends with. And you talk about life as much as you do about ball. And, and, and the coaches that can help with that balance. If I got a happy football player or a happy basketball player in my locker room, the chances are that player's going to play better for me. That player's going to play better. That's what I need. Ultimately, I need to create a culture where the players are going to play better for me. And I will say, Ron has a culture here where the players do play pretty damn hard. We see it every week. You're not going to accuse this team of lack of effort. Are there poor plays called, poor plays that are executed? Of course, every sport has it. But the one thing I will say for Ron is he's created a culture here where the people want to come to work. And they're, they, they love being around each other. A lot of good dudes, a lot of high-character guys. But you can also lose with high-character guys if you don't call the right plays and pick the right players. I'm a high-character guy. I can't go cover Justin Jefferson, okay? I'm a high-character guy. I can't throw the ball as far as Taylor Heineke, okay? So I would be great in the locker room. Unlike Russell, who is self-admittedly trying not to be a jerk. He would be a jerk in the locker room. I, on the other hand, would be a great guy in the locker room. But I can't throw the ball 60 yards down the field to a streaking Jahan Dotson who's got the DB beaten by five yards. So, therefore, the coach would have to say to me, hey, we'd like you to work in our scouting department or something. Um, You can't play quarterback for us. We'd have to have that conversation. And you know what? I'd have to sit across from him. I'd be disappointed initially, but I would say, coach, you know what? You're right. I respect that. I respect you being honest with me and picking a better player because you're going to win more games by picking the better player. That's what sports is all about. A lot of your kids and a lot of you as parents don't deal with it very well when a coach says, I got 15 better guys that tried out than your kid who was playing C-level basketball on the weekends that didn't challenge them, that didn't make them get better. Did you go to camps? You know, did you put in time? Doing individual work? No. Oh, no, I, I I got, you know, my kid my kid scored 12 points a game in those C-level Saturday morning games because he stole the ball from a kid who can't dribble and laid it in. I mean, I can still make a layup. At, I'll be 53 next week. I can make a layup. So it's about picking the best people to do the, the best things. And that, if there's any challenge we have of Ron, It's been doing that right now. Ron, the GM, trying to help Ron, the coach. Because in this case, they are 100% in lockstep with each other. One potentially hurting the other because they didn't really address the middle linebacker needs in the beginning of the season. Allowing Roquan Smith to leave Chicago and go to Baltimore, that was a possibility. There was not much out there on the market, though, and that was another issue. Not a lot of great groceries. They could have brought some other average groceries in here. Average food is average food, man. And when you suck, 
having players available either in the draft or free agency is a must, and sometimes the timing doesn't come out right. Let's take a look at what's trending. All right, NFL news and notes. Tyler Lockett, Seahawks chasing the commanders in the playoff race. Hand injury likely to play versus the Jets this weekend. All hands on deck for Seahawks, Packers, and Lions as they chase Washington now in the NFC playoff race. J.J. Watt talking about, you know, heart issue he had earlier this year, playing into his decision, called it an unbelievable ride. Remember, J.J. Watt was a walk-on at Wisconsin. Not a scholarship player, a walk-on. And he ends up being one of the greatest pass rushers of all time. Don't let somebody telling you that you can't do it now keep you from developing and doing it later. Russell Wilson saying, I wish I'd have played better for Nathaniel Hackett. That's probably a great statement. But Nathaniel Hackett had bigger issues than even Russell Wilson out there in Denver. And David Carr, or Derek Carr, rather, has walked away from the Raiders. Doesn't want to be a distraction. So he says... Raiders will play Jared Stidham this week. Wizards in the win column last night. Caps home to Ottawa tonight. Maryland home to UMBC in men's hoops. And that's a look at what's trending. One two three zero zero nine eighty. That's how you get to us here. Final hour of the show coming up, top of the hour. You know the world is defending. You know again, great analogy. Earlier this hour, Sabah's kind of like a defense attorney when it comes to Taylor Heineke. So great at arguing so many different points to defend her guy. Does anybody? Does anybody defend Carson Wentz though like that? Is anybody defending the decision? as passionately to go with Wentz as much as others are to stay with Heineke. And and like I said, if you're a if you're a fan of a team, you want guys with in, impeccable character like Taylor Heineke. You know, from a football standpoint, when the going gets tough, he's not leaving the team. He's not leaving the team. And teams that interview Derek in the offseason had better get the right answer sitting across the table from him. I mean, I would certainly be open to him next year if you don't think – look, if you don't like either guy that you have right now, Wentz or Heineke as starters, and you don't want to turn it over to Hal just yet, I would certainly sit in the interview and hear what Derek Carr had to say. Because if I give any reasonable facsimile of an NFL quarterback – an opportunity to play with these weapons. I, I would have to kick the tires on them and investigate it because my weapons are too good. I got, I have got to get the best person available. Hal can spin it. He can throw it. We know that. Now, uh, is he going to be a victim of balls getting batted down because he's got the same height issue that a guy like that, that like Taylor Heineke has that people want to poke at all the time? Well, guess what? Gardner Minshew's 6-1 also, but he can throw it. So, to me, if you go with Minshew, you might as well go with Howell, okay? Sam probably costs you a lot less at this point. You've got money you got to dedicate to other places. you got to get an upgrade at middle linebacker. You have to, in some way, enhance your offensive line. 
you have too good of a future at the running back position to not invest in the offensive line. You have too many good wide receivers not to be able to throw the ball to, not to enhance the offensive line. Maybe Chase Roulier comes back and becomes that player again, though the last two years have been just incredibly tough to watch for him. When he plays, I think we've undervalued how good he's been to the team. So, I mean, that's you've got to invest in a lot of other places right now. Deron Payne, I believe, being one of them. So Sam Howe would be the cheaper option. And maybe you get the same efficiency and same results you'd get from someone else. But it's a roll of the dice. It's a crapshoot. There's no doubt about it. Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up on your doorstep all the time. Okay? Doesn't happen. As I said yesterday on the show, you look at their histories. As great a quarterbacks as they are, just because you have Peyton Manning, just because you have and Aaron Rodgers doesn't guarantee you're going to get to multiple Super Bowls and be the kings of football. There's only one monarch that's done that, and he's not an old dominion. He's football royalty. He's Tom Brady. Oh, by the way, he likely is available in the offseason. Could you sell him on, hey, Tom, look, think about all the wide receivers you played with in your career. We could give you Terry McLaurin. Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Tommy Brown, and Cam Sims. How do you like that, Tommy? 301-230-0980. Look, you're not doing your due diligence as a front office if you don't at least make the phone call and kick the tires there. Though right now, that hasn't exactly been the most fun football to watch as this season has gone along either. Final hour, your call's next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. 